Welcome to OOO, an out of ordinary podcast where we dig deep into case studies and the nitty gritty of Web3 marketing. You'll find here all the amazing people that are building Web3, so stick to us as we address their marketing secrets and learn how to build amazing products and brands. Hello everyone, I'm Alex, your fellow Web3 marketer and your host on Out of Ordinary Podcast. Let me introduce you to my guest. Apurv is a co-founder and chief product officer at Intract.io, a Web3 native CRM and growth platform. He has been an entrepreneur earlier with a mission around edtech and later spent time as a consultant at McKenzie & Company, building product and growth strategies. He took the Web3 plunge with Intract in 2022 after recognizing how growth and marketing in the space are fragmented with neither tools nor playbooks to help marketers thrive. His vision with Intract and its growth community is to help marketers in Web3 with data-backed executions, while also establishing thought leadership by bringing them together with podcasts and growth articles. Hi, Apurv. How are you today? Hey, Alexandra. All well. It's a good day today. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, doing this episode with me. I'm so excited. Um, I know we had a chat before and I'm really ha happy to be able to share some of your knowledge with, uh, with my audience. I think I'm also grateful to, you know, have this platform where we both can talk about some of my most passionate topics around Web3 growth. So, yeah. Perfect. Let's get into it. Um, can you uh, tell me a bit about yourself, your background and how you got into Web3? Sure, sure. So, I'm Apoor. I'm one of the founders of Interact. At Interact, we're building, I'll say, the next Web3 growth, growth stack alongside a community of, you know, exceptional growth leaders from the like of Axe Infinity, Bankless, Ryan, everyone around that. A background, a bit of background about myself. So I think I got to know about Web3 back in my university, 2018, started passively investing, at least as a trader. But then I soon realized that Web3 is much more than that. It's just, you know, beyond trading, a lot more about tech, a lot more about privacy and stuff like that, which is always inspiring. So when I was working at McKinsey and Companies Consultant, the most Web2 thing you can ever do, that's when I finally realized, hey, this is well getting boring. I should jump into something more interesting. And Web3 seemed to be something that was super exciting for me. So that was just one night I decided I'll jump in. Lucky enough to have found two friends or colleagues in the form of my friends from universities who are also co-founders at Interact to work with me. And that's how I sort of just got started. Just one fine day from trading, I was like, okay, this is just much more fun. The whole NFT, the whole GameFi, the whole CK, everything around that. Yeah. I like this. I like this. I feel like everybody has like a, a story like this where they got bored and they ended up in Web3 by mistake and then they never want to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it's super exciting here. What does Intrack do and how do you help stir it? Yeah. So I think Interact, if you look about it, it's a Web3 growth ecosystem built on two pillars. The first pillar is the community of growth experts. So we have some very good names, Axie Infinity, Bankless, Ryan, I talked about them a bit earlier as well. And what we do with this community is we want to build a marketing think tank where any Web3 project that wants to grow can actually work with these experts, get their advice, get their feedback, and really implement the best growth strategies out there. Given Web3 is very nascent, these keep on evolving. So we need to basically be on our tips when it comes to growth and this community is sort of that sounding board for most of these startups. And I think you also was, how did we get started? Was, the question, was that the question here? What does it do? What does it do, right? And how so do you first... help it start it? Sure, sure, sure. So the pillar number one is community and the pillar number two is the product. 
So basically, with this community, we have been able to build out a set of tools that can help any Web3 project grow and putting in a little bit of more color there. So we help Web3 projects run any type of a marketing campaign, whether it's a collaboration, a giveaway, a Twitter ad, anything and everything from the platform itself. And then not just that, we actually help you even track the ROI from this campaign because it is super important right now to track that ROI and define your own growth playbook as there is no single no single silver bullet in Web3 as of now. And then finally, you can actually even do more targeted crypto-native engagement, whether it is airdrops, whether it's allow list and everything like that. So this is our current toolkit, but I think we're also thinking about decentralizing it into a growth protocol in the future. And I'll be happy to talk about it more. But that is basically as of the second part of our company, the community being the first one and the product being the second one. And how do we start? Well, March 2022, the three of us sat in together. We spoke to community managers, marketers, partnership managers in the space. We realized, well, their life is quite difficult and we want to help, you know, supercharge super solve it. So we ended up building a quick MVP, got some 50 signups in like a couple of weeks. We were like, okay, this is something interesting. And then we were lucky enough to, you know, get a few investors on board as well. So we raised our round and since then we have grown into a team of 12. And right now, I think we're just building this community and the product toolkit together and hopefully starting to even see some ROI from some of the projects that we've been working with. Yeah, I hope that answers the question. Well, I absolutely love what you're building at Interact. Um, and I think something that uh, some of people would might ask, um, what kind of companies do you guys work with? Yeah, so I think uh, we work with, I'll say, a variety of verticals. DeFi, GameFi, DApps, DAOs, well, empirically not so much, but we're always open if someone needs our help. In terms of scale, I think ideally our sweet touch point would be somewhere around a 5,000 member base, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Discord, whether it's on you know your on-chain activity, because that's when you really start thinking about, well, I've got that initial traction, but now how do I you know grow the traction? How do I make sure I'm getting the right people in the community and stuff like that? So that's what I'll say is the ideal, I'll say sweet spot for us, the 5,000 plus community of you know DeFi, NFT, GameFi, DApps, any kind of projects around that. I know a lot of founders uh, would probably rush towards you and want to know how to use Interact. Uh, you already told me who is this for, but I was wondering like how they can make the best out of what you have to offer at the moment. Yeah, so let's take an example, right? And that can sort of you know give you a good sense of what the product at Interact can do. So suppose you're running a collaboration campaign. Right now, without Interact, your life would be you'll write a small blog, post it on a website, put it on Twitter, and then, you know, actually ask the other community to also share it in their Discord and Twitter. Well, that's fine. But then how do you measure the ROI from the collaboration campaign? You don't really know who joined in, what was their persona like, were they DeFi traders, were they NFT flippers, were they, you know, developers? It's very difficult for you to sort of manage all of that. So through our platform, it becomes much more seamless. You just create a single, I'll say, custom landing page, share it across, and then anyone visiting the landing page, connecting their identities or doing an activity, we track all of that in an anonymous manner. And so now you know, hey, from this collaboration, probably these 50 people came, out of which these 20 actually happen to be micro-influencers with a 10,000 Twitter follower base that you might actually you know work with, collaborate with your own community, that kind of a thing. But that's for just collaboration. Suppose you're doing KOL campaigns, right? The problem there is you don't really know who the KOL is and whether they will really give you an impact. And so an interesting, funny story. We actually got a list of 50 KOLs for our one of our DeFi projects. 
and they were like well we don't know who to partner with so through our product they were able to analyze which influencers work the best for them based on their relevancy based on their engagement rates and through all of that essentially they were able to find five out of the 50 that were going to deliver a lot of roi and well things turned out well they got their total value locked doubled i think to 200% after using those keywords and they were super happy about it excited about it that to in the bear run so yeah that's another example of you know what we can help you do but we are pretty open right so if you have any custom requirement if you're looking for some consulting some advice we also do that because we honestly just want to help projects grow in the process basically you know develop our own growth playbook and learn things so we can implement a much valuable product so yeah that's as a couple of examples happy to share more if you want i was actually thinking like while you were speaking that i was listening to a podcast episode um actually this morning and one of the one of the main topic topics was working with influencers and KOLs because it's so hard to keep track of what they're doing if they're bringing any value towards your project if there are any new users coming uh, what's the impact and so on so I know uh, I know for sure it's a lot of work even in web 2 I've done this a lot I not a lot but yeah. like I've done this before and I know for sure it it's such a hassle so I'm really happy that you shared this example um <laughs> yeah can you tell me a bit about um how marketing in web 3 has changed because as my general opinion is that it's been a bit hectic and very similar to what was happening in the, the in the startup age in the 2000 let's say was slowly and actually faster than in the last startup growth stage a lot of tools and resources are being built brought up and so on what's your what's your take on that a pretty interesting question we keep thinking about it trying to draw parallels from the web 2 age of you know 2000s and as i say so in the bull run everything was working well you put in money in kws you put in money in collaborations you shield on alpha groups everything was working well but then the bear run came and nothing seems to work So that's one of the biggest major changes to be honest that the strategies that were being implemented in the bull run completely blindsided have stopped giving impact to projects and therefore right now as the biggest mindset shift of founders has been they're a little bit more cautious about where they market who to market with and all of that and that's a mindset change primarily because the bear run has you know made sure the hype based marketing has sort of you know taken a back seat Although you know you have examples like Blur, which sort of you know ride the hype along with their whole awesome product, but you know that I'll say that that percentage of growth through hype has you know significantly reduced down. That's one. Second thing I think that's also very different in Web three marketing as compared to the traditional marketing that you know we know about, and that is also more and more getting more evident is the fact that the data here is quite fragmented. and you're also dealing with the ethos of privacy and anonymity so you therefore definitely cannot just do a targeted ad and expect people to like it and come to your protocol and try it out it has to be much more subtle and therefore it ties into probably the third thing that i would say which is in web3 push marketing typically doesn't work as such right now it's more about a, about a pull marketing and therefore the whole angle of community in web3 is super important you necessarily don't want to shell or sell the very first time you actually want to build a community of people who care about your cause about your product and then through that try to find those power users who might be interested in trying out your product helping it grow and eventually you know scale it across so the pull marketing lever or basically the branding aspect of a project 
is much more important even from a very smaller stage in Web3 as compared to traditionally what you see in Web2 marketing. So summarizing three things, data infrastructure is not there, push marketing doesn't so much work, pull marketing. And yeah, I think the final, the first part, the budgets have constrained. You got to experiment. There's no single bullet right now. I actually want to ask you something here. I want to know if you think this mentality is going to continue in the, if we're going to go back to a bull market, because I know for sure people are going to start throwing um left and right with money. It's happened before, probably it's going to happen again. But I want, to, I want to ask if you think this mentality of making sure that you're building good or like in a healthy way is going to stay. Um, this is this is one. And what would, what would be your advice to founders that want to see fast growth? Uh, because I know for sure everybody comes to me and tell me, Alex, we want to get to this many users and da-da-da. And I know for sure, especially in Web3, that like things are take a, lo- a lot more time and nobody yeah. has patience. That, that's yeah, that's yeah. a fact. Yeah. So I think I'll say the first question is pretty interesting. What happens in the next bull run? Well, again, once the bull run arrives, I think every channel or every marketing asset that you have, their ROI will definitely increase because it's a macro trend. You put in money anywhere, it'll just grow because of the fact the economy is sort of growing in that direction. So sure, I mean, the ROIs will again revert back to much better levels for any channel. But if you compare it to an analogy of the Web2 marketing space, right now the maximum spend for any marketing team across any industry in Web2 is in performance. Basically, you don't want to spend money on random people hoping they would come. You would rather pay for what you get the whole meta, the whole Google syndicate that's been made, the whole ad networks across Amazon and Quora and everything like that. So therefore, the idea being in the bull run, even if it comes, if the bull run sustains, sure, every channel will work. But at the same time, it will also invite a lot of speculators, a lot of not so useful users for your protocol. And therefore, you should actually still be cautious about it. And there will be companies who will be cautious about it. And therefore, they will grow with quality as compared to companies who might just grow in vanity metrics. So that's just my thought. But to be honest, I'm also waiting to see what happens in the next bull run, you know, because it just changes. Everything just changes. I was part of the bull run and part of the bear run and it's very different. The second question. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You have a question to that? No, I was, I was about to say that uh, I think everybody's going to be very, um, it's going to be very interesting for a lot of people, especially for those that um, are kind of new to the space. Like I'd say yeah. they've been in the Web3 for last two years. They haven't really seen it all. The industry has changed a lot. Um, even for those that have been in the industry for or that, or that have been building for a lot longer. So um, yeah. I'm really excited to see like what's going to happen now. I mean, another macro trend will be the fact that VCs will care more about CAC and lifetime values in the Web3 space as well. And so while you could raise on a white paper in the 2018s and 19s, I think that trend has gone away. You really need to show some revenue, some metrics before you raise a series A or a series B. So that will be super exciting and that will reinforce this idea of caring about where your money is going. So that's, I think, another macro trend that will definitely play out. But yeah, uh, that's part one of the question. Part two, I think, what advice for viral growth? Well, I think virality is a lot more about just being consistent and hoping to get lucky. That's how I like to put it. <laughs> or basically putting you keep doing something, you keep at it, keep at it. 
you keep trying some new ideas as well or at our own company we like to call it the exploration exploitation strategy so you would basically pick things that you know would work for example a community collaboration strategy or regularly interacting with twitter accounts rather than just tweeting or posting engaging with the other person that you really want to get into your protocol those kind of stuffs so you got to keep doing that consistently and hoping one of your thread goes viral because well you know you have finally gotten into the eyes of the twitter algorithm which is like a black box right now ever changing and everything like that so that's part one which is exploitation of what you already know and at the same time some exploration right and those explorations could range from so at interact we help one of our projects to targeted nft ads what i mean by that is we found found out wallets that are typically active at a certain time keep checking out their you know nft collections drop them nfts which were actually ads talking about hey you know this protocol is live this is the mint and everything like that that's an another exploration may work may not work but those kind of strategies right which can range from doing something web toish for example seo why will an seo not work in web3 still not very clear to me it will work if you do it well or you know it can be completely crypto native like this targeted nft drop i mean i'll i'll, I'll tell you right so an impact and a story basically so we launched rewind 2022 rewind 2022 which was basically a more version of spotify and we were like okay you know this would be super interesting it's a shareable content people will be super excited to check out where they are in their wallet stats and stuff like that yeah that's true but at the same time the channel that gave us the most roi was a web3 native protocol called a smoothie it is a launch pad and we were like okay this is interesting smoothie was a place where most i'll say high profile wallets found about our project came to our website and tried out the rewind and even shared it on their socials So it was super exciting and super amazing because we never thought just listing on Smoothie would give us that ROI. So the idea is to keep exploring, but at the same time exploring. Because like I said earlier, also Web three is way too nascent, and you don't really know what works. So you gotta keep that experimental hat on and keep trying things out till you figure out what's working, what's not working for you. That's the way I think. And yeah, gamifying airdrops. Take an example of Blur. They delayed the gratification process. You could have gotten the Blur token. in the early 20s they launched for the date was launched but they made sure they dropped the blur token 3 months later and they were gamifying the ecosystem by asking people to come to the blur platform and trade nfts and those who traded nfts those who actually created value for their protocol in fact there were even points for trying out different features so those those who tried those features they were the ones who got the final i say blur drop at the end of the day that's another very interesting strategy not just doing a day zero airdrop whole mint sold out but actually doing it in phases and gamifying it and adding a lot more color to it so super excited about those kind of strategies as well so i recently uh, found out about smoothie and i initially thought it's it's not something that's very it's not a very big project but then i recently launched the um, uh, pizza wallet on it and yeah, we got a vote is like in top 3 And I was nice. really shocked to see that and actually people are starting commenting and so on and it was a very very nice surprise to be honest. Yeah yeah. And I think I think great idea. These are like some gems there like in the web3 space that are worth exploring let's say. Yeah. So you got to keep exploring. That's the point because you know smoothie today is working in the future. Well I hope they work. But if they're not you need to sort of have that backup plan ready. Mhm. Yeah. 
I'm a huge fan of education, and in this sense, I'd like to ask you, from the projects that you've worked with at Interact, what do you think are some things founders and marketers can learn from each other? Yeah, I think, oh, one, again, a very interesting story. So founders are like, well, will my community really connect their wallets to their Discord or their Twitter? Just ask. That's the only way you find it out. You cannot have a bias before you sort of, you know, do that. People will not mind that, you know, and we were surprised ourselves. A Our community we work with, around 45% of the whole Discord base was connecting their wallets and they were okay with it because it was for a, the right cause. They wanted to like make sure everyone's communicated with everyone's, you know, token holdings are right and everything like that. That's one. Don't necessarily assume the Web3 biases that you have is what your community also has. Because the community is finally the, I'll say, litmus test for whatever is in your head. So that's one, I'll say, big learning on a philosophical level, on a fundamental level. And if I further break it down, well, privacy is great, but how much of your community cares about privacy as of today is a question that you should think about as a founder. Another, I'll say, big learning is, that's a learning that I, at least I had as a founder. So in Web3, you can make the best tool out there, but if you have a community around you, that can just make your life much easier. So no matter which kind of a project you are, even if it's like a complete B2B infrastructure project, build a relevant community around it because Web3 sort of promotes that in a way. That's another very big learning. And ever since we have this exclusive community of growth leaders here, our life has been much simpler. We wanted to get on a podcast. We are here talking to you right now. We wanted to sort of, you know, improve the feedback of our product. Every single day we have a call with a community member who has like five years of Web3 experience and they're telling us, well, this works, this doesn't work. That's another super, I'll say, interesting learning. And I'll say the third learning that I've seen working with some of these founders here is that you ha can have the best product, but you need to market it, which is also true in Web2, in Web3 as well. And tokenomics is just one weapon that you have or one, I'll say, toolkit that you have. You need to complement it with, with good social media strategy, with good community customer support and all of that. And that has to happen from day zero. Again, like take, an, take the example of Blur. I'm, I'm a big fan. I just went through their Twitters recently. I see people talking about, well, I asked the Blur team to make this feature and it got live in 12 hours. Well, that's, that's what drove things. Wow. That's what sort of, you know, got people to form a community behind Blur. So, yeah, I mean, those are the kind of learnings that I have. I was about to ask you if you can maybe share a bit about the community that you're building around Interact as well, because I think it might be very interesting for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. So a bit more on the community, right? Uh, we started building the community, I'll say, three, four months back. We were like, well, we want to build a invite-only community so we get the good folks from Web3 here who have a lot of experience, who can help shape our product strategy, the Interact's marketing think tank. And right now it's around 70 members. Some of these folks are from Axie Infinity, Bankless, Zerion, Unstoppable Domains. Uh, we also got someone recently from OneInch. So in a way, you know, a lot of high profile names, but we also have, you know, Web3 growth marketers with tens of years of experiences in the space from some other not so known protocols as well. Some from the Luna ecosystem as well, which, you know, failed last year. But still, I mean, it's a wide mix. And what we do in the community, so we don't necessarily need a lot of your time. All we need is maybe one hour in two weeks or so, where we just spend some time discussing, brainstorming, marketing with you. 
we also often co-authored blogs and you know publications because we feel that's a very important component of the community to share learnings it's a very good way that's another and we also have a growth podcast series of our own which we're sort of you know launching recent soon only i think we had a first episode at four weeks back so that's another initiative there but our i'll say our value proposition to the community is you'll find some very good people there to network with and well you might learn something else as well that's the idea we don't ask for a lot of commitment from you it's just a us a pretty laid back vibe you know you can just go there have a chat around marketing get some feedback get some insights all of that yeah two questions very quick how can people get in and two uh can they share um for example if they're working on something um can they share from their experience or ask for advice totally so the first second question yes yes definitely that's the idea you come in you talk about yourself you learn from others we in fact help people connect to each other you know someone is looking for wallet communication we got a wallet communication person in the team we're like why don't you speak to them so that's what we also sort of want to do we want to make sure people know about each other we're learning from some other very good communities jericho comes to my mind it's a great web3 founder community that i love you know vlad is a great friend there that's one and the first question how can you get in well just go to our website fill the form and there'll be a guy called as nick who will reach out he's basically our community i'll say everything he does everything there so he sort of reach out he'll have a conversation and if we see there's a fit we'll be happy to get you on board and when we say fit what it means is you should just care and be passionate about web3 marketing that's all awesome awesome i love what you're sharing here now yeah. i want to ask you something when it comes to numbers why do you think numbers start to matter so much now in 2023 for web3 companies because as again my general opinion is that everyone is rushing after discord members twitter followers and so on it's exactly what we discussed a bit earlier see the main reason numbers have become slightly more important is because the hype based marketing is no longer working i mean earlier you were able to create that hype now it's difficult because well all the non believers of web3 have decided to give web3 a pause they'll come back whenever the time is right but right now they have left so whatever was working is not working and now therefore it's super important to care about numbers because you have a limited runway as a founding team and you cannot spend it anywhere and everywhere you don't even know when you will raise the next round so super important to understand those numbers and accordingly iterate on your strategy and i also believe for just like every industry in web3 also analytics and data will become important as the industry matures so well in the early 2000s you never had data now you have so much data that almost every single unicorn that you look at has a lot of you know data analytics in fact the whole generative ai phase that has sort of taken up right there's also a lot of data and analytics around that so this is another uh, another reason why i think it's becoming more important as the industry is maturing data and analytics will definitely become important so two reasons i mean it's just more logical now given you have limited runway to and decide where you want to spend your money and effort on and well it's just how the law of nature works for any industry to be honest i mean you can try to be not data backed but you'll have to come to it yeah. i think it's very complicated as well for uh, very early stage founders because they're all trying to get funding and now everybody's looking at numbers and so on so it's all totally. this like a crazy rush let's say after members uh, community members actually yeah and curiously it's difficult to do data analytics in web3 i mean you have one person can make 10 wallets those 10 wallets can be on 10 different chains that person will not connect their socials and then you also have to go to that 
random cryptographic hash on an ether scan to understand what it means so it's difficult but if you do you do get a lot of value something as simple as knowing if you are whitelisting someone does they have do they have enough solana in their wallet for example to get that whitelist that's a very important data point right otherwise you have whitelisted people who don't have even a single token in their wallet so yeah i think it's very for me at least like because i've never been like such a numbers person um i think being a numbers person was hard already in web 2 but i think in web 3 is even harder Totally. I think mostly because like as you, you as you already mentioned there like all these um factors but at the same time I think it's very complicated to understand the industry and have all this knowledge to be yeah. able to understand the data so yeah. bit of a yeah. hectic situation there but um I'm I'm again very hopeful to see and very excited to see like where the next let's say not not couple of years but at least like the next two <laughs> years will will take us Yeah yeah super excited about that I know we already touched um a bit the community growth kind of thing but I wanted to ask mm. you how would, um, does Interact impact community growth uh for any company that w- is working with you or does it in any way Yeah it, direct, it directly impacts community growth in a number of ways First thing that it does is it helps you identify which partnerships are working which KOLs are working out and all of that right So what we recommend our startups to do is take a minimum viable experiment approach so you don't spend all your money on one channel but to experiment with five to six channels see which is working out and then accordingly double down on what's working what's not working and that way at a lesser cost you can grow your community that's our first advice and projects have been able to do it as the second way we sort of also help you grow your community is create those incentive structures in your community for a viral loop So through our products you can run some referral programs about joining Discord or doing some on-chain activity. In fact, GMX on the Arbitrum ecosystem is a very big poster boy for that. They launched a referral campaign that went crazy. People just come and create a referral link, share with friends, friends do trading, they get rewarded. We sort of help foster those kind of healthy ecosystems as well, where you create those reward loops or those virality loops for your own community to grow itself. That's the second way I think we directly help. And thirdly, which is right now a slightly more experimental approach, but we are moving more towards that. We're also creating a network of, I'll say, promoters in our ecosystem. Whether it's KOLs, so we have, I'll say, now in a network, fifty very high-profile KOLs that know us, that want to work with us. That's one very important, I'll say, set of the ecosystem that we're sort of aggregating or trying to get together. And then we also have affiliate networks. We also have other communities that we can help you partner with. So that's sort of the introduction of the networking part, where we can introduce you to those, I'll say, important promoters that can push your brand even ahead. And in the future, the hope is we no longer be in the ecosystem. We create a protocol around it, and it just happens automatically. So yeah, that's how we sort of you know help you with growth. Um, you mentioned to me you want to become a decentralized growth protocol. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. So imagine this. You're a brand. You decide, hey, you know, I want to get these 500 NFT collectors. You create a bounty or an ad of sorts, saying, well, anyone who helps me get 500 such folks who can come and buy my NFT, I will pay them some amount of money. And you put this on a smart contract on the blockchain. At the same time, the moment you push it on the smart contract on the blockchain, there are promoters who get notified whenever this happens. and they get to know well this kind of a bounty has been posted they pick this up they promote it in their ecosystem 
and anyone who interacts with the smart contract, there's an automatic trigger that happens here of the reward. So suppose Alexandra reacts with that NFT smart contract and actually buys the NFT. Well, she gets paid a certain amount. The promoter gets paid a certain amount and the brand also gets Alexandra. So in a way, it's automated. In a way, the value is no longer just in the hand of either the promoter or the brand. Even the end user is getting paid. So that's what we mean when you say a decentralized growth protocol. But just putting it simply, Google and Meta, what they've done is they have become centralized ecosystems where they decide all the rules of which ad goes where, what is the revenue being shared and everything like that. Well, we take that, we decentralize it, and we create a smart contract protocol around it. So no longer is Google or Meta involved. As a brand, you can pick any promoter, you can pick any kind of fees that you want to pay them. And as a promoter, you can pick any brand. And all of this is quite transparent in a way. So that's what I mean when I say a decentralized growth protocol. It's essentially a decentralized marketplace of brands and promoters, or you can call it a marketing dex of sorts where there are liquidity pools of brands and promoters coming together and stuff like that. Yeah, so that's what I mean by that. How close are you to getting there? I mean, it's a journey. I mean, (laughs) given smart contracts, you can't just push push the code and later change it. You got to make sure you're learning off all the edge cases of all the behavioral nuances before you code it into a protocol. So right now where we are is we have a centralized proof of concept that we are testing, we're iterating, we are developing more value on top of it. And slowly we've also formed a, I'll say, sniper team in our company, which sort of is looking at that blockchain research and trying to create those protocols. So maybe in six to seven months, we might get there with a good white paper and a protocol that's live, but still it will take a lot of time because V1 of protocol will never be sufficient. You gotta go to like a V5, V6, just like Uniswap is doing right now, yeah. I'll be keeping my eyes on you guys just yeah, for you yeah. to know. <laughs> yeah, sure. Happy to take your feedback as well. One of the questions um, I'm really dying to ask you is regarding data privacy. You just mentioned something about that. And I know a lot of people are very interested in that and they're very sensitive about it, especially in the Web3 space. How do you ensure that um, happens um, where, while you are gathering data? Yeah, so which is why we want to basically become a protocol as well, right? Because we are firm believers in privacy and decentralization and anonymity. And while our current protocol may not be 100% aligned with those ethos, the protocol is. And now if I answer, how do I look at privacy or how do I have seen other projects look at privacy? So like I said, there'll be like 5 to 10% of your community base that will be super, you know, anon, not wanting to dox themselves at all. But there will be, I'll say, majority 60-70% who don't necessarily have a problem sharing their Discord handles or Twitter ID at the end of the day because they're essentially getting a value out of it. Which could be, say, for example, if you're saying, hey, I'm not able to, well, trade on the protocol because of this bug. Now, how do I identify your use case unless you tell me, well, this is my Twitter handle, this is where you can communicate to me and I can tell you if it is fixed or not. So those kind of things, right? So the first point is, well, privacy is important, but to a select few, at least as of now, I hope this behavior becomes more mainstream because that will be just better for the whole globe, whole ecosystem, not just Web2 and Web3. That's one. And second is definitely when we think about collecting data, even now, as of today, we don't necessarily keep the data to ourselves. 
We create separate databases for our projects. Only they know the data. We don't necessarily have any way of looking at the data unless they give us access to. And they obviously have to go for an opt-in from their users before they even collect their data. We don't necessarily collect any data, that data that the user is not sharing. But the third and the more important part is we're moving more and more towards creating that protocol where which has you know components like a decentralized identifier, like a zero-knowledge proof. So all these technological primitives that will eventually make this data collection and tracking even more anonymous than what's in Web2 right now. The whole cookie-less world that we talk about, that, you know, the GDPR uh, laws have sort of, you know, also put in place. So hopefully with these technological primitives and the fact that we are intentionally trying to build a more privacy-compliant analytical tool, we will get there. So that's how I would look at anonymity and privacy and stuff like that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I know you did um, a demo for me uh, very recently, and I love yeah. the way your product looks. Thank and you. I wanted to ask you if you can give me an example of a campaign you've worked on or, or and that has been successful and that has been run through you. A yeah, campaign so, or two or... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think as many examples one, as you want. One very interesting example is that of a Valentine giveaway campaign. So one of our projects said, hey, you know what, you want to celebrate the concept of love? I'm like, sure, let's do, the, let's do so. So they created an entire giveaway campaign around that, which had, you know, folks obviously doing some things on socials, then trying out the DeFi protocol, trading on it, and then eventually coming back and saying, well, you know, this is what I liked it, but this is what was not so great. It's kind of like a brand awareness plus beta testing campaign that they were trying to do. And they wanted some 5,000 users to come and do it. So we ran that campaign through our product. And through that, when we posted it on various launch pads against Smoothie here, then, you know, some more protocols and some more Twitter key influences that we worked with. Through that, we were able to get, I'll say, 6,400 some number kind of users, out of which 2,000 were actually very new to Web3. And therefore, they had to be like, you know, guided through a lot of these steps. The remaining 4,000 were quite crypto native. So this kind of analytics was super useful to the founder because he knew what's to be done with those 2,000 versus those 4,000. That's one example. And then I think I also mentioned another example of the KOLs earlier, right? So another DeFi protocol wanted to run a referral contest via KOLs. And well, they were able to increase their total value locked two times in like a week span through these KOLs at the end of the day. That's another, I'll say, interesting campaign we ran. And then our own Rewind campaign, where we did partnerships, where we did KOLs, where we did launch pads, where we did random shilling everywhere and anywhere. And through that, we were able to track what was working, what was not working. And in fact, we wrote a thread on it also. So that was also super cool. So I'm happy to maybe share that with you, Alex, and you can sort of, you know, put it in the bio and people can check it out if they want. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Can you give me an example of a tool you'd recommend using? And if it's a Web3 tool, it's even better besides Interact, of course. No, no, obviously I won't talk about Interact. There are a lot of other tools in the market that I love. I think one tool that definitely is recently becoming much more interesting to me is Dune Analytics. So, you know, again, I'm an analytics guy. I love looking at data. And Dune is a great tool to take a look at. You can create your own custom dashboards. You can get other people to create dashboards for a bounty, right? And through that, you can really measure your protocol's health. So that's one, but that's like a mainstream Web3 tool. If we talk about a fun tool, I think it's a, I'm, I don't remember the name, but a project that does these 
cute web three summaries about products, right? So sometimes I go to a product one like what do they do? I have no idea. So then I click on that extension. That extension will you know go to the website and come up with a summary. Okay, this is what they probably do, and more often than not, it's quite useful. That's another tool that's sort of super, I'll say, useful for me. I love this, and I think you should definitely check it out and let me know what's the name of it. I'll do so. I'll do so. I'll do so. Perfect. Um, well, apart before we we finish this episode, can you please tell me and tell us where can people find you? Yeah, so I think you can find me on Twitter or on the website of Interact, which is www.interact.io, I-N-T-R-S-R-A-C-T.io. And my Twitter handle is Apurv Kaushal, A-P-U-R-V-K-A-U-S-H-A-L. Or you can just book a Calendly from my LinkedIn. I'm very approachable. I mean, you can just find me anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I think this episode has been super, super insightful. I'm so excited that we got to have this chat. Um, Alex. And uh, what can I say? I'm looking forward to hearing more of the campaigns that you're working on and how yeah. Interact is evolving. And um, looking forward to have you in another episode. Sure, sure. Hope to stay in touch. And maybe we can also host you for one soon. Of course. <laughs> have a nice day. Ciao. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. Thank you so much for listening to our Out of Ordinary podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to hear more content like this, then open up the podcast app and click on the follow or subscribe button. It takes less than five seconds and is the single best thing you can do to support the show and stay up to date to more marketing strategies that are being used in the Web3 space.